everyone and welcome to the Omega Metroid podcast. My name is Andy Spiteri, joined by Dakota Lasky at Duminal Crossing. Uh, let's start with you this week, Doom. How you doing? Uh, pretty good. Uh, you know, we got school starting tomorrow, but otherwise, you know, it's been pretty chill. We got some new, uh, really tight roommates that uh, just finished uh, moving in. So, you know, we had a little bit of uh, some celebration drinking and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it's been going all well and it's been quite eventful in the gaming industry as well i gotta say like literally right when we uploaded our episode last week we'll it get seems there. like we'll, we'll get there it seems like everything was going down yeah i uh i i want to spend a, a second talking about that actually but before we get there deck uh how you, how you doing i know you got some casting going on today how's that going? yeah uh, i'm doing good got a big weekend of casting i just did the uh, community gaming halo infinite 1k last uh last night now today i'm doing the NACE, NACE, Star League, Smash Ultimate, Collegiate Finals, which I'm actually in between blocks of. I just finished casting for two hours with my man Rod. Shout out to my man Rod. And then uh, here I am casting, or not casting, doing the podcast, and then I'll be back on to cast some more Smash after this, and then I have more Halo casting on Tuesday. So pretty booked up weekend, but I'm glad I was able to find some time to uh, jump in and talk some Metroid. Buddy, you better get like a chai tea or something for that for that throat of yours. It's gonna be uh, a little bit dried up after this weekend. It sounds probably like. will. Well, I got a little bit of Bailey's. I got some chicken nuggets. You know what it is. It's we're, I think I'll be good. <laughs> the, He's got the hook the combo. combo. <laughs> yeah, there it is. The wombo combo. Um, yeah. All right. Falco. Uh, so uh, first of all, uh, we had we had a good show last week. I saw a lot of positive feedback from it. And uh, what did we talk about last uh, week? I, I'm looking. We were talking about uh, the missed opportunities yes. of Dread yes, and how yes, yes. it makes sense to just stick that arm cannon into whatever. Um, but this week is going to be a good show too because we we turned the uh, we turned the show over to the audience and now we've got your questions. But before we get there, um, I do want to get your guys's really quickly because we have a lot of questions to get through. But I want your guys's opinion on what Doom was alluding to earlier, and that is of course the uh, the acquisition of Activision by uh microsoft and i feel like i went through kind of the gambit of emotions because my first emotion was as a guy that has like uh, so i have uh nintendo i have sony and i have microsoft consoles uh so i was just kind of like eh, whatever it doesn't really matter to me and it doesn't matter to me also because i i can't think of the last activision game that i've played i think we talked about this a few weeks ago and then i was kind of thinking like you know what maybe this is actually kind of like a good thing where you know I'm sure that Phil Spencer and his team are, are going to clean house. Uh, they're going to get uh, Bobby, whatever his name is, out of Activision and probably a lot of the other executives that help foster that kind of environment out of Activision. It sounds like we might see the um, you know the Call of Duty franchise not come out every single year, which I think is a good thing. It sounds like we might see some other Activision franchises come back from the dead, which I think is a good thing. Um, so I was, I was kind of optimistic. And then I was, I was thinking too, and I was like, you know what? I, I don't know actually if this is a good thing because like you know it's kind of like Disney buying Marvel and buying Lucasfilm and buying Fox and it's like it's like man this is you know it, this is kind of uh, it's a lot and I don't know if that is necessarily all that great for for our industry and I, and I'm still not really sure where I land on this I, I feel like I had like the whole gambit. Uh, of emotion. So I, I wanted to see what you guys uh, thought about this acquisition really quickly. Yeah, I think there's definitely going to be like both positive and negative consequences as a result from this acquisition, but I don't think any of us are going to really know 
the true like consequences of what that's going to be like at least for another decade or so from now like like we're really not going to understand until we see the long-term effects that this has on the gaming industry as a whole but overall i pretty much agree with everything that you said i think in the short term it's going to be good news because it seems like it seems like at least somewhat that microsoft is like you said cleaning house even though even though it's really unfortunate that, you know, people like Bobby Kotick and all those guys are never going to truly be held accountable. They're going to be going out on golden parachutes. They're still going to be filthy rich. Um, but at least they won't be able to do the harm that they're doing at their companies right now. And maybe maybe we'll finally see some justice for the, you know, the, the brave employees at Blizzard who have been, you know, speaking out and protesting and, you know, getting the word out. And hopefully, hopefully this will cause... Um, more positive ramifications throughout the game industry because obviously this isn't just limited to Activision Blizzard. It's kind of an industry-wide problem, if we're being honest. But yeah, and then you Indeed. also and then you also mentioned you know like the whole um, the whole acquisition. Um, but yeah, you also mentioned the whole like uh, Disney thing and this whole thing of consolidation and like how slowly you have these large corporations that are eating away up. I, I guess Activision isn't a small business by any means. They're another large, uh, multi-billion-dollar corporation. But still, this whole thing of consolidation and like slowly being um, eaten up, as if you know, uh, as if it's like Unicron, like taking taking out all these other things. And while right now I still think you know there's still a lot of diversity within the games industry, but again, we're talking long-term effects here. And if this is something that keeps on, that keeps up, if you have companies being acquired at a rate that's being higher than companies that are being created, this could spell out a bad future maybe 30, 40 years from now where you start to have everything under the sun of one umbrella and it starts, um, and as a result, you kind of have, I think Andy, you're kind of what you what your problem is with the MCU were, you know, they're not bad movies, but they it's, all it's feel- It's very homogenized. But, yeah, exactly, but they all feel yeah, too it's, similar. It's the same thing. Yeah, exactly. And you you have less risk taking and stuff like that. And so as a result, you know, if that's not your cup of tea, then you're not really going to have that many other options. But anyways, I'm I'm kind of rambling at this point, so I'll hand it off to Dak. Yeah, I well, I mean, you guys kind of covered everything I was going to say. I'm I certainly don't have an expert opinion on this by any means. So ultimately, yeah, there're going to be good and bad that come with this. Even from like a design standpoint, I think it's important that you know, Microsoft or someone really has a lot of these dedicated teams that are working on different IPs and franchises. And because they've, you know, kind of took on a lot of these different teams in doing so, I think they'll be able to continue to push out some good games from IPs that already exist. I feel like they're handling of like, you know, Minecraft, for example, since that acquisition has been, I mean, pretty successful overall. And they've done a really good job of making all these different IPs and franchises more accessible and more available on different platforms, especially with Game Pass. I mean, think of all the new games that are going to be available on Game Pass, which is already an incredible deal in the industry. Now you're going to have even more available on that. So it's, you know, of course, there's the other side of that. Microsoft doesn't, you know, they have a lot of issues with like dealing with contract workers. As someone who's a big Halo fan, I wasn't, I'm not entirely happy with how Halo Infinite turned out. And that's, you know, developed by an in house development team, 343, that's made specifically for Halo right under, you know, Microsoft's jurisdiction. So it's, you know, it's a double edged sword. I'm not sure which way it's going to cut. I do agree that you might see a bit of that homogeny and certainly having everything under one umbrella isn't, you know, or a few umbrellas across the entire industry is not the best, but. I think it remains to be seen. I'm hoping that the 
kind of the work environment and work culture of many of these different companies will improve, which I think is, is probably likely. But again, I don't have an expert opinion on that. Personally, I'm really, you know, hoping that, uh, like you were alluding to, Andy, kind of maybe franchises that have been neglected a bit by Activision Blizzard will kind of get pumped up again under Microsoft as someone who is a big fan of uh, StarCraft. You know, I would love to see a new StarCraft game maybe come out, maybe uh, kind of alongside a new Halo Wars or something like that. Certainly, my roommate is looking for improvements to World of Warcraft, and we know that there was a lot of development issues under the current, you know, previous regime at Activision Blizzard regarding Overwatch. Maybe things will improve there as well. So, uh, I, I think it remains to be seen. It's such a huge move that I don't think we're really going to see the effects of what it entails until probably a few years from now. So, you know, I'm really interested to see how things go. Ultimately, uh, it's probably maybe better for people who work for Activision Blizzard now working for Microsoft, potentially. I hope it is for them. And hopefully we get some more good games out of it and things aren't negative. So I'm not entirely doomsaying any of this. Certainly not completely won over, but it is what it is and remains to be seen. Yeah. Still crazy huge, though. I mean, my God, yeah, seventy billion dollars, Six, sixty-nine billion dollars. Nice, but like, and and imagine, and imagine what that price was before the scandal. Well, uh, well, that's the thing know, too. It's, it's just crazy. Is that like the deal? Apparently, I was reading that the deal was pretty quick. Like, I think the talks for having them sell to Microsoft only started like two or three months ago. So like, well, and they wanted they wanted Facebook to buy them first. Yes, they were they were they pretty they were much to sold to the highest. They there. pretty much sold to the highest yeah. bidder, and Microsoft has a lot of money to play with for sure. So, uh, yeah, that, that it's it just it's actually crazy because if you think back like 10, 15 years, like so many of these cross you know crossovers and connections between IPs due to who owns it, like you never even think. That uh, like Halo, Call of Duty, and Doom would all be under the same umbrella. All these different franchises, you know, Crash and Spyro, which were like for years like a Sony, like Sony, like name brands, are now owned by Microsoft. Like that, I think that's the kind of stuff that's the craziest to me. Is like if you were to anticipate this kind of stuff 10, 15 years ago, it'd be impossible. And to even think that these franchises might cross over in the way they do, the the amount of crossover we see these days is, is crazy. And we just had like Fortnite do like has like League of Legends characters in it. Like I would never anticipate that either. So like you can see how all of these kind of different factors are starting to mesh together in ways that I never would have thought of. I don't think anyone else really would have thought of. And this acquisition is really going to open the door to so many different new things that might not have been possible previously. And I'm so in that way, I'm, I'm hoping it's a positive. Well, June, I want to say June 2023 is when the deal finalizes, and that is when uh, Bobby's going to be out on his ass, although he's going to get I mean, uh, he's going nice to get mad money, it. yeah, so, you know. Yeah, but uh, at least it's something. Well, um, it's, all right, I, let's, I wanted uh, to bring up something real quick, and then we can continue, but uh, you mentioned Doom, and it's actually really, uh, really interesting because uh, I think it was John Carmack who was talking about this on Twitter, the original founder of id Software, and he was saying that uh, before Bethesda... Uh, bought id software it was actually activision who was in talks to buy them and so regardless of how it would have happened they would have been acquired by microsoft regardless which path they took which i just thought was kind of interesting mm-hmm. well there you go the more you know um, all right let's get over to some metroid questions here we have uh, a lot of questions to to go through here so let's uh let's be as succinct as we can here gentlemen and let's start off with this question what is this question this is from are we going in order are we going top down <laughs> 
Yeah, let's go top down. Okay. So this is from uh, I'm gonna butcher your name. I'm sorry, Chojin Zoku, and they ask, "How does Ridley eat? Blender mouth, acid and drink, or vampire?" One <laughs> of the manga says that he needs fresh cells to survive. I don't even know what this means, dude. He probably eats by biting people. Yeah, I and... think he eats normally. I think the manga was trying to just get a little creative in terms of saying, yeah, Ridley needs to eat stuff to survive. <laughs> like, what is fresh DNA to regenerate mean? Fre- fresh <laughs> DNA is a dragon biting my shoulder yeah, off and eating I, it. Like that's that's fresh DNA. I think DNA. he just kind of eats like a like you know a big carnivore would eat probably. Yeah. This is from Tyler. If Metroid was a subject on a game show Jeopardy, what questions would you feature? Ooh, that's a good one. I this I mean, wow. I, I would think you would have to have a question about Justin Bailey. You know, like that kind of that code from the original Metroid. I think that's something that would be uh, doable for a lot of people, but still kind of obscureish if you don't really know. I think it would make for an interesting trivia question, like. What is the what is the code or whatever to have Samus, you know, be playable without her suit in the original Metroid? I mean, what is Justin Bailey? Oh, that'd be an interesting question. I feel like it would think, be something... I think you have to go generic. Really? Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like it would be like a basic question. Like, hey, this yeah. game that debuted in 1986 in Japan That's featured... too basic, though. The... I, it's Jeopardy, though. Like they, what they what had, score? They... What, what point? How many points do we get? Is this one of those low point questions? Or is a I mean, Jeopardy has more basic questions than that, I feel like. That's fair. Um, so, so I want to present to you gentlemen something, and I'm looking it up as I'm as I'm talking here. But uh, they actually had a Zelda question on Jeopardy not that long ago, and uh, I want to say it was like a very, it was like a very easy question as well. So I think that it would be something like, like what is the name or of the of the the heroine of, of this franchise or whatever. Um, so the question that they asked in Zelda was like. Triforce hookshots and Highland Shield are tokens in this edition based on this video game franchise. So I think it would be a question like that. It would that. be like, you know, this this game's nemesis shows up almost every single game. <laughs> what is it? And it's That would be a deep, deep cut, I think. <laughs> but hey, I, I'd be down for that. Alright, uh, Nelson has a question here. Uh, a Metroid immersive sim game like System Shock or Prey is announced. How do you guys think this hypothetical game could benefit from new gameplay mechanics from this genre? I, you know what? I don't know. I'm, I've only played about an hour of Prey. I never played System Shock. I I don't know what like an immersive sim game really entails. Like To me, Prey just kind of felt like a first-person shooter that was, you know, um, in, in some ways akin already to, to a game like Metroid Prime where maybe actual shooting wasn't like the, the main focus like it might be in a Doom game or Call of Duty game. So like I feel like... Uh, beyond you know the the numerous things that we've talked about for metric prime trilogy if that ever happens like with the controls and dual analog and stuff like that um I, i'm not really sure i I'd, I'd be interested to hear your guys's opinions so when i hear this i think i also think of games like um like the first bioshock as well and even alien isolation which we did an episode on uh, a few months ago as well kind of game kind of games like that kind of like a survival horror metroidvania almost and I was thinking about ideas. I don't know if that would work with Samus exactly in that kind of environment, but I think maybe a spinoff with like some new protagonist would actually be really cool. Like, like imagine maybe like a lone survivor of the GFS Valhalla who has just watched his entire squad get massacred, and they're not. They now have to like find a way to get off this ship without being like spotted by like the remaining forces patrolling the wreckage and all that. Like, I, I think something like that might be kind of cool. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't have too much to add. I'm not sure. I feel like it would. It wouldn't really be a Metroid game, though. 
It would be like a game that it just has the Metroid IP, maybe. I mean, I didn't play the original System Shock, and I assume they're talking about the original Prey. Um, I played System Shock 2, though, which is more like Bioshock, really, than like System Shock 1. Um, that'd be interesting, though. I think that this might be a bit too much for Metroid, though. Uh, I don't know. It could be interesting to maybe have... Like, this kind of game, I think, would be good at really expanding the Metroid universe, though. And giving us, like, a lot more insight to parts of the lore and the world that we don't really know too much right now. Like, when I think of the original System Shock, you have, like, all those different, uh, like, emails you're reading and all that different stuff. Like, that that's, like, almost like reading lore in Metroid, like, reading scans. I don't know. Could yeah. work, yeah. I was gonna say, that. I mean, it sounds a lot like Metroid Prime, but I, like I said, I'm totally ignorant of, of what kind of game System Shock is, because I've never had the chance to play it, so... Uh, yeah, I don't know. That could be cool, though. Um, all right, here we go. This is <laughs> this is from uh, Naiku. I probably butchered your name. Sorry, buddy. Um, what is your honest opinion on the Metroid Dread OST, and why is it the best Metroid OST Ooh. to date out of all the 2D Metroid games? Dude. So let, let, I mean, I don't think that this is, like, the worst soundtrack, you know. Like, I, I really don't. I think it's a pretty good soundtrack, but, I mean, come on. It's just, like, uh, it's relative, right? Because, like, it's not that the Dread OST is, like, necessarily bad. It's just when I think of a Metroid game, the music is one of the always, I mean, in a good Metroid game, it's always, even in a bad Metroid game, like, even, like, Elder M, like, the music was still good. Like, there were still a lot of solid tracks. Like, in some of the best Metroid games, the music and the soundtrack is one of the defining parts of the game. So when I get a Metroid game where the OST is kind of meh, it doesn't really stick out to me, and it's not very memorable. It it's a lot more noticeable because normally the music and the sound design and all that is really really well done in a good Metroid game. So I think that's kind of it's it's very relative. Like if you were to compare the Dread OST to some other games, it's you know it, it doesn't it probably won't seem very bad or not. But if you compare it to other Metroid games, I personally it's certainly lower on the list. I like here's the thing about the the Dread OST. Like I. I think that the Arteria theme is quite good, and that's the first theme that you hear in the game, right? But then you go to uh, Cataris, and, and the theme is, like, somewhat similar. And then you go to Brenia, and the theme is, is somewhat similar. So it's not like it's bad. It's, it's just kind of like it's the same thing where, like, there's slight deviations where I read a tweet today, and someone was saying, like, man, if you go from Green Brinstar to Red Brinstar to Norfair to Meridia and Super Metroid, like, those sound completely different, right? Like... So I, I would say that it's, yeah, it, I mean, it's certainly not a bad OST. I, I think that it's really good. I think that it could have used uh, a remake or two, as we talked about last week. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I don't think that it'll stand as one of the stronger OSTs. I, I think it could probably beat a few 2D Metro games, but I mean, certainly not. It's certainly not the best. I, I don't think. I mean, I've said everything I need to say about the Dread OST at this point. I don't know if I can... Yeah add much more so i would say just look through our archives see what we've said about it before and uh yeah um all right spot art has a cool question what is your favorite sprite or enemy design in super metroid so i have an answer here but i don't know i don't know the official name of this creature but you know the the creatures that burrow in the walls and like they they have the big head and they shoot out at you you don't know oh, yeah. this about? how do you not know the name of this creature <laughs> because because I'll tell you why. I've been calling them Zenos since I was like 11 years old. Because when I first saw them, I was like, this thing looks like the, the Xenomorph from Alien. It looks like it, the head's kind of similar. 
So every time I see him, I'm like, oh, hey, it's a Zeno. Cool. There's Zeno. He's a Metroid Fusion. There's Zeno again. So, like, to me, these are just, like, they're Zenos. They just hide in the wall and they pop out at you. They have an official name, but, like, I just can't bring myself to call them that. And I can't even remember what it is. But those are my favorite. Hmm. I was going to say my boy Kraid. That's your favorite. Well, that's hey, your favorite you, sprite. You can't go wrong with that. Yeah, okay. Um, I think for me, from Super, I would have to go with uh, the Terizo. Terizos just look really awesome. Like they've like I love how you can see like the musculature and they're like this like kind of dead stare at you. I don't know. I always thought the Terizos were really kind of like not like almost kind of creepy looking, and they really fit that role well. So I, I would go with the Terizos. Uh, yeah, there's nothing, nothing wrong with that. I'm trying to. I think they. I think they may be called. Um, oh, never mind. That's aside from Ridley, of Kagos, course, because but... like I Ridley is looks awesome in, in Super. Well, yeah. So yeah, that's a yeah. given. Ridley's obviously the right answer, but aside from him, um, I'll try and find the name of the official name of the Zeno, but uh, I've no no idea what it is. Um, all right, let's keep it going. Uh, Harky Man has an awesome question that we've kind of touched on a little bit before, but here we go. If Mercury Steam remade Metroid Fusion and expanded its ending, just like Samus Returns and Zero Mission expanded the endings of one and two, would you like the studio or would you like the studio add a prologue that tied up Fusion's loose threads? Um, if they pulled it off, would Dak forgive Metroid no. Dread? I wouldn't. Okay. I wouldn't. I well, I mean, this is a twofold question. I do think that like having, uh, I don't know. It's like, how do you tie up those loose ends so easily? Like, this should have been a big... I, I hate going into this again, because I feel like we've discussed this so many times. But, like, I just... It, what I thought was set up at the end of Fusion was going to be leading to a really big thing that you can't just, like, tie up in a small little prologue or what ending thing. Like, I just... There's too much sus stuff that the Federation has gone with that for Samus to still be working with them just doesn't make any sense to me. And I don't think that adding anything in between the end of fusion and dread would really fix that for me at this point i've honestly given up on them doing it correctly because they really haven't done it correctly uh that said yeah if they expanded on the ending of fusion a bit like that would be cool i just don't i don't see how they would do it in a satisfying manner for me and it's not even like i'm just kind of over it now like it is what it is they they kind of missed their opportunity for me and I would, I would rather them just move on than now trying to go back and do something they should have already done in the first place. Like, just just move on. Just I don't care anymore. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like um, your answer is fairly close to mine. Yeah, I, I think that they still could do this story if they wanted to. But I, I also kind of feel like, to them, Other M was that story wrapping up these loose threads. And maybe that was supposed to be the payoff and obviously it didn't go exactly as they might've hoped or we might've hoped as fans, but yeah, I, I, I think that if, if not, if when they remake fusion, there is certainly going to be extra content. I wouldn't be surprised if there was something to set up the next Metroid game. So maybe there is something that kind of details uh, what the Federation is doing or something. Maybe the, maybe the prologue is you play as the SAX. I don't know. Um, <laughs> that would be wild. I don't even know how that would work, but uh, I mean, that could work super easy. I mean, you're just playing a Samus. No, I get that, right? but like, I mean, like, how would you have a a follow, like an end? Well, you mean like it would be it would be a prologue to to Dread. It wouldn't be a prologue to Fusion, right? Like the uh, SAX. Well, yeah, the sorry. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying it as a as a prologue to Dread. I'm just saying oh. as like an extra content in oh. Metroid. Fusion, yeah, that's sorry. like a different thing. Um, yeah, I mean that would be cool, yeah. but I'm I'm I just don't see how they'd be able to do it 
in like a fashion where it, it doesn't seem like they're just kind of like, all right, it's it, it's it's resolved. You know, don't you have to worry about it anymore. Like this, what Fusion was setting up should have been should have been the entirety of Dread, and to then kind of pack it into a small little end portion of Fusion or a prologue to Dread, it would just further like nullify the what should have been a really high stakes plot situation. So. I'm I'm personally over it. They missed their opportunity. They messed it up. They didn't do it right. I'd rather them just move on and do something else. Yeah, I think uh, I, yeah. I I don't really have much to add. Yeah, I think I pretty much agree with all that. I don't have much. the only the only thing I I do want to point out too is that like I I've seen this a lot on the discords as well, but like I feel like there's kind of this meme going around that like oh oh Dak is oh every time uh, we talk about the uh, Fed. Uh, Federation not being dread that's a DAC meme and it's like I've been just as critical about that too I've been talking about that like on the podcast the discord my twitter so I don't know why I don't know why that's specifically like a DAC meme but I don't know anyways neither here nor there because I'm that dude I don't know yeah at this point (laughs) I'm yeah I think I've I feel like when you've got (laughs) heel DAC and and babyface Spateri that's that's what you get yeah that's what you get (laughs) um all right uh do Amir you're kind of like a tweener we we Sometimes you're a heel, sometimes you're you're a babyface, so we'll 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 go. It's nice to play babyface, so I play a heel on. The I like being games. a heel. Heel is more fun. Yeah, I'm just um, me. Harky man, <laughs> yes, you are. Harky man has a question. Uh, another great question here. Would you like to see uh, Sakamoto and/or Mercury Steam take their wins from Dread and produce a 2.5D Metroidvania style Zelda platformer? All right. You know what my father used to say to me when I asked a question like like th- that? The answer was obvious to. He would say, like, does a bear poop in the woods? And the answer is yes. So, I mean, the answer to this is yes. I would be so... Dude, I'd be so down for, like... First of all, I love Zelda spinoffs in, in every shape and color. Like, Hyrule Warriors, great. I love Cadence of Hyrule, great. I love the Tingle games, great. Um, I, I just love playing Zelda games in a different style of presentation. So, to have a Zelda game in what could be my favorite genre of game, Metroidvania, would be so cool. Mm, that'd be so cool. Yeah. I mean, it would never happen, but hey. I'm going to give a vague answer, but basically it's a, it's a long-winded way of saying yes. And basically, I want Mercury Steam and Sakamoto to do whatever they want. Because if they make nothing but Metroid, eventually they're going to get burnt out. And none of us want that. Tackling new projects will keep the desire to make Metroid alive while also potentially giving the team new ideas to implement in the future that they might not have thought had they not gone off and experimented with all sorts of other projects. So, if that happens to be a 2.5D style Metroidvania, then hell yeah, go for it. I'm down. That'd be, that'd be so awesome. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I yes. <laughs> that would be cool. I wouldn't be against that. I, I this that's See, now that they've worked on a Metroid game, and I was talking about this in the Discord recently, that they should do the sci-fi Zelda game. And maybe that would be this this 2.5d metroidvania style zelda platformer i've always wanted a sci-fi zelda game i feel like that'd be so cool i, I unironically think that they should do like a cyberpunk it would zelda be so game. i made a pitch cool, for this actually man. i feel like that would be like and i've seen a bunch of concepts for it too like change it up it doesn't always have to be like straight fantasy i'd be totally down with that breath of the wild right, everybody everybody it. that wants to hear about this go check out the champions cast there's a cyberpunk zelda episode i i laid out a pitch for a hell of a game there. Go I want more out. of a space opera um, Zelda rather than cyberpunk, but I digress. I'd, I'd take that too. Okay. That'd be cool. Um, all right. Um, uh, Hiba Hussein has a cool question here. How would you feel about Samus being the antagonist of the Metroid series in the future? If you ask me, she's getting too comfortable with the violent nature 
of Metroids is sucking the life out of things. Even in Dread, some of those camera angles look menacing. I think you're onto something, my friend. I think that this could actually be cool. If, so I want to say like a month or two ago, we were talking on the, on the podcast here about like maybe introducing a new playable character and like they have to hunt down Samus. Kind of like, kind of like when you're playing as Raiden in uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 and you're, you're kind of going after Snake and then you realize that there's more to the story and like maybe, you know, I I don't want to see like Samus as like the, the evil villain. Like I don't want her to be evil. Like I still want her to be the Samus that I know and love, but like I could see maybe the game presenting her as an antagonist and like you're playing as, as a new protagonist and your job is to hunt down Samus and like maybe you, you know, maybe you learn that there's, there's more going on than what you realize. I think that that could actually be like a, a very cool and compelling story and maybe a way that they could, you know, as much as maybe we need to cut bait and move on from this Federation plot, I think that could be a cool way to maybe reintroduce that if they wanted to. And especially now that Samus is literally a Metroid. Uh, so, hey. You know, I'm back and forth on this. Personally, I... I'm okay with Samus being a villain, but I don't want her to be the antagonist. Like I would be okay with her being a bad guy, but you, but still the protagonist of the story. But I don't know if I want her to be the big bad villain. I don't know. It just doesn't really speak to me as her character. I feel like there's so many arcs and different things that could change that doesn't have to make her be the straight up big bad evil antagonist, especially if she's becoming a Metroid, regardless of that. Well, hold on. Let me let me clarify my answer because I agree with you, Dak. I don't want her to like act evilly. No, uh, no. Like, yeah. In my vision, it's like she's being set up almost for well, something. Well, that's like, kind of uh, what I'm saying know? is because like I don't think she should be an antagonist. Like I don't because I don't think she would ever get to that point. Like I could see her being more maybe villainous, but not necessarily evil or too powerful, or whatever. But I'd still like her to be not the main bad guy. Like I going back to wrestling stuff. She's at that point. If you're gonna include a new character. Treat her like AEW treats their legends. You know, you got Sting with Darby Allen, right? I don't want Sting to be the big bad guy. I like Sting being there supporting Darby Allen, and, you know, they're kind of messing around together. Like, that's if they're going to include a new character as the main Metroid lead, I would like Samus to work with them and kind of help them, you know, find their, 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 their role and, and grow as a character rather than testing against samus as samus is the antagonist so i don't i don't know last time samus was the bad guy it didn't really go too well to be fair that also is entirely down to execution (laughs) but like i don't it doesn't really speak to me i think like it's 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 kind of contrived a little bit i don't think just because she's getting you know she becomes a metroid whatever that necessarily means that she would become the antagonist if anything her overcoming that nature of the metroid is what would continue to make her be a protagonist so from a storytelling perspective that doesn't really speak to me i don't really have much to get out of samus being the bad guy and i think it would kind of just be a little cheesy so i would say no to that i'd rather her be on the good side maybe like if anything maybe she's an anti-hero you know like in between and maybe you don't know which side she's on anymore right like you haven't seen her for a while you know meeting samus in the future and she's not necessarily a good guy or a bad guy like that that i would be more interested in her being an, an anti-hero or somewhere in the middle in like a gray area rather than being straight up the antagonist of the game so i would say no to that okay okay i think i, I don't know i feel like all three of us ag- agree on this but we're just we're not we're we're interpreting our words differently because I, I think we all ag- agree on this so i want to go back to that metal gear Solid two example because uh, I'm biased and that's my favorite of the uh, of the series. But basically, because Dak, I don't I don't think you're familiar with um, the Metal Gear series. Have you played any of those games? I play Metal Gear. You, oh, you Metal do? Gear okay, you've, yeah. 
Metal I'm Gear not like, I mean, like, I'm not an expert or anything, but I've, you know, I played Metal Gear Solid 4. I played Twin Snakes on GameCube. I played okay. Snake Eater. Okay, well, so basically in 2, the, the, you have this tutorial mission where you're playing as Snake, and then that, <clears throat> excuse me, I had, to, I had a cough. So after that, you play as Raiden for the entire game, and basically one of your missions is you're, you're out to kill Snake, basically. And you meet up with, you meet up with Snake, although he, um, he uses a different alienist, I think it's uh, Pliskin. Snake Pliskin! Yes! <laughs> from Escape from New York, phenomenal reference. But, um, but yeah... And it's basically this little bit of dramatic irony where you, the player, like from the get-go, you know that Snake is innocent. You know that he's not the bad guy, even though the narrative is trying to present him as the bad guy. And I feel like that's, Andy, is like kind of what you're trying to present here. Where us, the player, we understand that Samus isn't the bad guy, but the character we're playing as doesn't yeah. understand that. And they're just kind of following yes, orders. Yes, yes, okay. correct. And, and throughout the course of the yeah. adventure, they slowly kind of like warm up to Samus and by the end of the game they're on the same side and you're kind of like reunited with all that yeah I, that that I yeah sorry with. I should have explained that better but yes you nailed it that, that I'm okay with like yeah like that's kind of similar to what they did in Halo with Master Chief and Arbiter and then again yes. with Master Chief and, and and Locke you know like you kind of have like Master Chief is clearly not the bad guy but you're on the side where you kind of have to deal with them you know, like that, that I'm, that I'm definitely down for. And I would actually be down for a game where you kind of play as both characters. Maybe one's kind of hunting down Samus. Eventually they team up, like do it Halo 2 style. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. That, that is, that's definitely something I'd be on board for. Yeah, I was about to say definitely okay. Halo. Well, yeah, we all got there in the end. Definitely Halo 2 style, not Halo 5 style. I was going to no, say. No, please not. Yeah, if you, you want to do a Halo 2 style Metroid game where you play as Samus and play as the new hero and they kind of eventually team up and whatever you see from both different perspectives and you have that dramatic irony in effect. Yeah, that I would be interested in. Um, all right. Game Worm has a question and I'm not actually interested in answering the first part of the question because we've already done an episode about this is one we've done an episode shows. on this well, both parts of this question <laughs> well yes but let's let's just <laughs> really quickly, because it's, there's been a lot of time there's been a lot of time since we did that uh, he asks if there is if they made a metroid movie who should play samus i don't know danny devito <laughs> danny devito willem dafoe <laughs> no no nobody has a nobody has an answer i don't here? even i don't i honestly like i don't even i'd rather them uh I don't, I personally don't even care, but like, there are so many different actresses. I don't know. I've always thought, uh, and this was my answer last time, Charlize Theron would be great as Samus. She looks like a character or a person that would look, could play Samus. She's an incredible actress. Uh, that would be my pick. I would be not against, you know, maybe a new face that I don't know about. Um, or I don't know, make it Zendaya. Zendaya's playing everybody these days. You know, why not throw her in a Metroid movie? Doom, what say you? <laughs> I already said Danny DeVito. I mean, I'm I'm sticking with it. Uh, okay, well, uh, sorry, Metroid <laughs> fans. It should be it, it's Brie Larson. It's that it's no other option. Yeah, yeah, Brie no, Larson. whatever. Honestly, like, uh, hey, it, one of the biggest stars in the I world. I doubt it no, even gets me. I doubt it even gets. Oh, me. oh of course, <laughs> it'll it'll it won't happen. Yeah. I would say I won't say zero percent chance, but I mean the chances are. There low. is but hasn't it been does, a Zelda movie yet, and the Mario movie. Oh, oh, Chris Pratt. Done. Oh, the obvious choice. <laughs> Chris Pratt would play Samus. Let me let me tell you something about uh, Brie Larson because I know that everyone likes to hate on her, but I don't like if to hate on if her. if well, everybody does, I I a lot of people do. Right. Anyways, Not so me. if they ever made a Metroid movie, if you can almost guarantee that it would get made because an A-list actress is a fan of the series and campaigned yeah. to play Samus, who she which she has, 
So, like, if they ever did it, it would be a star vehicle for Brie Larson. And that is how yeah. this movie would ever get made. So there's only one answer, that's and fair. it's Brie Larson. That's, that's yeah, fair. I can say that's that for sure. That's kind of like a Witcher scenario, you know? It, it, yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. By the way, Witcher, sick show. Very good show. And what's Very good. What, yeah. Who was the guy in that? Uh... Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. I'm, I don't know. My, my <laughs> wife, dude, when she sees Henry Cavill, she she is just, like, melting. Melting. Honestly, that's me when I see Henry Cavill. Let's be real. Yeah, I think that's everybody. I mean, I can't argue with but, that. That dude is... But, oh you're, but you're right there, though, because, like, he's not just a good actor, but he, like, loves The Witcher and, like, is very... Right. You know, so, like, if you have... I mean, to be fair, I don't know if Brie Larson likes Metroid as much as... Uh, he likes Witcher. I think he like really, really, really likes the Witcher, and I think maybe Brie Larson is just you know a fan of Metroid. But I don't know. I don't. I don't know her personally, and maybe she's a huge fan and knows everything. And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised. Um, yeah, I, I think that's something like that's how that kind of movie happens. Is you have someone who's very passionate about the franchise, is a big fan of it, and can also pull it off rather than just someone already wanting to make a Metroid movie and then trying to cast it. I think it starts the other way. You have someone who is you know very wants to make the project happen as leading in it, and then it goes from there. Yeah, totally. Uh, I do. I do have a backup answer though because. Um... I think that I never thought of this before I watched The Expanse, but man, Dominique Tipper, who plays Naomi Nagata on The Expanse, would make a hell of a Samus. I think. Uh, I think she'd do a great really? job. Okay, I, th- I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I could see oh, that. Or, she's really, I mean, she's really good in The Expanse. I think that both um, uh, what is Frankie Adams, who plays uh, Bobby Draper. In, yes in yes oh my god that's awesome. who i was thinking of yes she i mean i mean obviously she plays like a, a space marine character in that already who is basically sam yes i was gonna say she was pretty much like samus in that in that kind of regard yeah. <laughs> um yeah she's really good i would really i mean almost anyone from the expanse i would i would throw in there um you know if you can get uh you know the guy who plays amos <laughs> i feel like i'd throw him in somewhere i love the expanse. yeah make him ridley I, that's yeah I, i'm a big fan of the expanse but i agree i think uh they would both be good yeah um okay uh our boy minneapolis king ha- what is this question this is a great question if samus could play an instrument what do you think it would be oh if she were to start a band who also be in the band what music would they play uh okay. so so ryan so minneapolis king says I think Samus would be lead vocals and keyboard, Ridley on guitar, Big Daddy Crade on Big Daddy bass, <laughs> Krokmeyer on drums. It's pretty hard to argue with that lineup. Uh, I mean, we already we already saw Samus play a violin in the Tetris for the Game Boy, so I feel like that's kind true. of true. I feel like that's her instrument of okay. choice already. That's Okay, well well one thing that is absolutely for sure is Big Daddy Crade is playing Big Daddy bass. So I mean, what else do we got here? Hmm. Let, let me present you this. I think that Fantoon on the drums could be cool because he's got those how, how? otherworldly tentacles. Okay. You know? I see. I would swap around Samus and Ridley. I think Ridley's on vocals and Samus is on some kind of string instrument because I'm just. Metroid thinking, Fusion Ridley dude, specifically. Is on Metro, vocals. Yes. Dude, yeah. Metroid, I was going to say, have you heard yes, him in Metroid that's Fusion? That's exactly what I was thinking of. If he's just screeching into the mic for three and a half minutes, that's that's Metroid. That's. um. That's Metroid pop right there, you know? Like, that's a certain kind of musical genre that you couldn't pull off without this lineup. So, Because Samus doesn't talk that much overall. So I don't think you would put her on lead vocals. I think maybe you, you put her somewhere in the back, you know? She's... She, All right. Yeah, I don't know. But Ridley on check, vocals. Check this out. Check this out. So we've got Samus, and she she's on keyboards, but she's also doing the rapping. 
we've got Ridley, and he's he's kind of doing the melodies, but he's also going hard screaming as well. Think Linkin Park here, okay? Samus is your is your rap lead. Ridley is your is your heavy lead. Big Daddy Crate on Big Daddy Bass, and then uh, we can fill in the rest. Hmm. The rest are just kind of in the background. I'm thinking it would be I, I more of like formula. a Blink 182 situation. You know, you got two vocalists there as well. Like I don't know, I could see uh, I could see Samus. You don't you don't you don't like Blink? Oh no, I love oh, Blink. Okay. Okay. I, I absolutely <laughs> love Blink 182. One of the best concerts I've ever been to, actually. Yeah, I I, I know you'd want maybe Avril Lavigne in this lineup somewhere. I would. Yeah, I would. Um, but I guess we'll well we'll see. I like that for this question day. though. That's good. <laughs> that's good. Um, yeah, this is, I, keep it. I'm up. trying to think of any other characters who might be a good. I don't know instrumentalist. We, we gotta get we gotta get Anthony Higgs in here. Uh, yeah, somewhere. Anthony. This guy yep. this guy has mad like uh, he could he could play the lead guitar. Imagine this dude doing a solo. Yes, like, come on. Yes, he could. Sh- he yeah. could definitely shred. He could definitely shred. Um, who do you think, Adam? What what? Hu- oh, human Adam. Geez. What do you, what do you think about him? Do you think he jumps in? Uh, human Adam is is pro- he, he's the guy that comes out and he's testing all the mics. Mic <laughs> he's check. the mic oh, he's guy. the roadie. He's the is, roadie. This, <laughs> is this mic working? Any objections? Okay, let's go. That's Adam. All right, I'm down let's for keep that. it going. <laughs> uh, Focus Wombat. Great question. Is there an existing indie game that you think would be cool slash fitting to have a Metroid skin applied to in the vein of Hyrule Warriors or Cadence of Hyrule? I want Among Us on the BSL. Yes. I was, um, that would, hey, that Among could be us. Cool. Yes, Unironically, that, that sounds awesome. I'd be down for that. I would totally that. play yeah. that. Uh, yeah, would, uh, that would be sick. Um, yeah, like maybe a style. I mean, you could have the, the Metroid band playing the music for Cadence of, of <laughs> Zebus, you know? Like that all wraps together. Oh, man. Can you imagine that game? Damn, that'd be, that would actually be awesome to have a, a Cadence style Metroid game. Because I, I think that that game is actually a lot of fun. My answer, I'm going to go back to uh, what we were just talking about, Metal Gear Solid. That's not an indie game, love... though. I mean, well, Hyrule Warriors is an indie, indie game. Either, so. <laughs> I, 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 can't, I can't think of a game that's like... Among Us uh, is an indie game, for sure. So is Cadence of Hyrule. Just, just, let me, just let me have my Metal Gear Solid. Right, I, I, there's got to be a Gear game Samus. like Metal Gear Solid that's an indie game. Yeah, Metal Gear Samus. I think that'd be cool to have like a Zero Suit uh, game like that. I don't know how they would do it either, but I... You know the game Celeste? I actually think that would make a hell of an mm. Ice Climbers game if they did that. Celeste I can see that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, so, yeah, that's that's my answer. What you got, Doom? I literally have uh, I literally have nothing. Hmm. I would say that I'm thinking other indie games that might... F- ah, there's so many there's so many good indie games that I can't even think of any. Uh, <laughs> um, there's one game that I think would... Maybe if they did... I If anyone's ever played Splitter Steel, uh, a Metroid version of that game. <laughs> okay. I love Splitter Steel. Um, and then, I don't know, maybe... It, does Rocket League count as an indie game? Maybe not anymore. Um, they already did that. Did they do... Oh, yeah. They did do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. They did. Uh I forgot blast ball. See, I was thinking of not. Ro- I was thinking of like actual ships, though, you know, and not like. You were thinking of a fun game. Oh yeah, I was thinking of a fun game and not what we got. Yeah. Um, I, I do think that there is a, an opportunity out there. I can't think of a game specifically, but I feel like this game has got to exist. Where like there's like a, a spaceship game or something like that. Where like you're, I don't know, you're doing like almost like No Man's Sky or something like that. That could that could be cool. I know that's not an indie game. Well, no Man's Sky was an indie no, game. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess technically. I would. It is an I would game, totally so. be down for a No Man's Sky, current No Man's Sky, Metroid theme kind of game. 
Um, okay, let's let's keep it going here. Chunky Beef Bomb. God, this username gets me every time, every single time. Uh, has a list of uh, of characters, sh- and he asks who. I'm sorry. You can. I was gonna say we should. I would almost want to save this one because I really want to do an episode on all of these different kinds of matchups. That's just me, but I, I feel like we wouldn't well, about, do it justice. How about this? So he's gonna. He asks who would win in a fight. Why don't we go down the list and just give a one-word answer, and then if we want to, we can come back and expand on this okay. uh, in the future. Okay. Okay. I'm fair. I'm down. All right. Match number one: Quadraxis versus Diggernaut. Quadraxis. Yeah, I was gonna say Quadraxis as well. Isn't Quadraxis like way bigger than the Diggernaut too? Well, yeah, yeah, but I think I'm gonna make it three for three. Well, even well, even beyond that, like getting way too into it, like Diggernaut is a piece of mining equipment, whereas Quadraxis is an advanced military AI housed in um, a robot body. So I feel like it's more designed for killing than Diggernaut is. Yep. Do you remember, do you remember like 60 seconds ago when we were like, we're going to give one word answers to this question <laughs> and save this? All right. So Dark Samus or the SAX? Dark Take Samus. Dark Samus. Uh, yeah. Dark Samus just shows up too many times. Too strong. Phasing stronger. SAX kind of gets bodied. I would go with Dark Samus. Fantoon or Nightmare? Nightmare. Definitely. Oh, actually, actually I'm going to no. go Fantoon. Fantoon. I'm going to go Fantoon. Fantoon is really strong, actually. I was going to say Nightmare can kind of slow down time, but like Fantoon can like phase in and out of reality, and I think that's kind of OP. Well, Nightmare manipulates uh, gravity. He doesn't um, slow down time. Or whatever. Time, yeah, yeah. Slow, yeah, well, whatever. Like, you, it makes you slower. You know what I was getting at. Yeah. Actually. Actually, it's not time stopping. <laughs> All right. Let's let's keep going. Uh what the hell is a Zebus chosen? I, I think I think, they're, I, th- the, I the think they're talking about the test at the end of Zero Mission. Oh, okay, okay. So the uh, the thing at the end of Zero Mission versus the Talon for Ghost that that seems like such a weird matchup. Seem it doesn't seem like a one for one kind of. I think the Chozo. Uh, I'll, I'll take the mirror thing. I think the Chozo Ghosts win here. I, they like the isn't isn't the mirror thing just like in a room like it's just like a flat kind of like a projection yeah, see, me, on a wall. That's kind of like the. That's like the whole scarecrow thing from Arkham Asylum more than an actual like boss that you fight, you know? Yeah. I think Chozo Ghosts just they're a little more flexible, they have a little more power. If they teamed up, you know, all those Chozo Ghosts kind of fought on their own a little bit. No, no, no. The question says ghost. It does say it does say uh yeah, that's true. Um I'm still going with the ghost. Okay. I say it could go either way, coin flip. So oh, you, you have to pick. You have to pick. You can't. You can't. You know what? You know what? Just to be the pick an answer. Just to be the contrarian, I'm gonna pick uh, the uh, Zebus test. Just to be a contrarian. All right, last one. Omega Pirate versus Omega Metroid. This is even a contest. Oh, Omega Metroid got to rep the podcast. <laughs> yeah, come on. Omega Metroid is pounding him. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, mm, hmm. Yeah, I guess the Omega Metroid. All right. Uh, maybe we'll revisit. We should. That topic there, we do got to do a matchups episode. I think that'll be fun. Russet, I don't even want to ask this question actually, but whatever, I will anyways because I appreciate everybody that asks us questions. Uh, Russet Tomes asks, "How would Andy feel if the next Metroid game featured mandatory huh. story content involving Kirby?" Bro, come on. Game of the year. Ugh. See, once you showed people that you really don't like Kirby. Now everyone wants to remind you of that. That's why I've toned down the other M and Dread stuff because people are just going to continue to like play off of your hatred of it. You know, you have to you have to start saying that you actually aren't bothered by Kirby and you like it because then it doesn't become fun for anyone who wants to troll you about it. 
I just I just feel like I have better gimmicks to troll me about than Kirby, don't I? Like I don't know. I don't know. You're pretty. Uh, you're pretty yeah. visceral. Your your visceral hatred for Kirby has been uh, a recurring topic lately. So. All right. Next uh, time we do what? Maybe. Next time we do a Q and A, someone ask him about Kazuya instead. Change it up. No, he didn't I, like. I don't even know he, what he that didn't is. like. He didn't dislike the Kazuya. Oh, that's that guy from Smash Bros. Tekken guy. Yeah, that Tekken guy. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't that hate guy. that. I think he would no. Have let that you know what? Not as much as hated it. That guy threw Kirby into a volcano. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, he's, he's all right. Yeah, I agree with that. He's all right. Uh, okay, uh, Quaid has a, a great question. If Nintendo hired big celebrities, Keanu Reeves, for example, to voice act Prime 4 or have had for previous titles, which, if any, would you have chosen for key characters in the series? I, I don't know. Like, big celebrities for voice Chris work Pratt. is so... <laughs> Chris, Platt, Chris Pratt plays every character, but with, like, a slight difference in their voice, but you could still tell it's him. Let's let's imagine that he's talking about Metroid Fusion here specifically, because I think that has probably the most dialogue of any Metroid game. Um, I think that uh, I could have seen like a like a Billy Bob Thornton as <laughs> as Adam or something like what? that, you know, or like Billy someone, Bob or like Tom, Tommy Lee Jones what? as Bill as Adam. That would be that'd be great. Okay, I could. Um, I don't even know. I don't know. The Billy Bob Thornton one know. just caught me off caught me off guard. Not gonna lie. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I was What's thinking. You know, uh, we were talking about Halo Two earlier. Honestly, I'd love to see like Keith David join the uh, Metro universe. I absolutely love that guy. Oh yeah, that, that oh. would be so good. Okay, He's, yeah. he is. I mean, one of the best. Oh oh, not only him, but also um, Lance Riddick, who plays Zavala in Destiny. Oh my God, that guy. Awesome. They're both so good. I would bring bring them in. Bring them in. You know, I actually uh, kind of off topic here, but I rewatched They Live the other day with uh, with Keith David mm-hmm. and dude, what a what an awesome movie! I like just an awesome awesome movie. I I forgot how good that movie was. And you know? also so. speaking of the Expanse, uh, the actress who plays Christian Avasarala, uh, Shora Agdashlu. If I didn't butcher her name, uh, she is she's showing up in a lot of stuff lately. She also was in Destiny. She was in Expanse. She she was in Arcane. She was in, she I started was in watching Arcane. Arcane last night. Uh, I, yeah. I, she would definitely she could probably fit in anywhere. But I she has that that, that, that just that voice so good. Yeah, what a voice. Throw her in, on, in Metroid yeah. for sure. Yeah, she. I I heard it in Arcane. I was like, oh my god, it's uh, it's you know, uh, Sarala. Yeah. And I was just like, this is and awesome. then and then Willem Dafoe. Um, Bring him in. Let's do it. He's good at everything. He's my man. Willem Dafoe is Silex. Let's go. I oh no he no I don't want Ridley speaking in the games. It'd be so dumb. But like imagine if he started talking like Willem uh, Dafoe though. And his uh, if if voice. if someone's gonna be Ridley, it better be him. But I I don't need Ridley to speak. Um. Then again, if they did it like a Gravemind kind of thing, I'd be kind of down. But him is Silex. I've never thought about that. That would actually kind of go hard. I'd be down. Dude, right? <laughs> that would kind of go hard. Uh, okay. Uh, our boy Griffin, the accursed hunter, has uh, a couple questions here. Uh, so we, I think we're going to do three more questions, and we'll, we'll save the rest of the questions for, um, for a show down the road here because we're, we're going to go long. But uh, Griff has uh, some questions. Considering how many missiles it took to end the Raven Beak boss battle, how many energy tanks do you think he has? Uh, it, can be, it has to be somewhere in the low hundreds. I, I don't know. Uh, because that depends on how much damage we think that a missile does in in conjunction with an energy tank. So we've never had 
Maybe we did have that opportunity actually in Metroid Prime 2 multiplayer to see, but I, I don't how know. How do we know he even has do you, do energy you guys tanks? Know? Like, how do we even know he has, like, energy tanks at all? Like, maybe that may not even be a thing for him. Maybe he just has an, a, one energy pool or something. Well, let's <laughs> let's just say that energy tanks equates to uh, to a big HP bar, maybe. Yeah. And then we can we can define. I don't know. We we would need actually, some game theory stuff I'm to like, going, figure this out. I'm going to go on a whim and say that he does have energy tanks just because both of these characters have Chozo power suit technology embedded into them which run on energy right. tanks and so I, I actually don't think it's too far-fetched to say that he probably has his own stash of energy tanks keeping his suit powered up well also when you when you do fight Ravenbeak um, he has somewhat of a protective shielding around him at, at most of the time in terms of that like energy that that hovers around him so like when you do fire some missiles off you let's say that you fire five storm missiles and not all of them necessarily hit the way that you want either. So while you do shoot a lot of missiles at him, it's not like they're all connecting either, but yeah, we, we'd have to do some uh, extrapolation and calculations to figure out the, uh, the answer to this question. Probably a job bigger for uh, too big for us. Mm -hmm. So let's go to Griff's second question here. Uh, since Metro dread ended, a story arc while also bringing focus on the two Chozo tribes with a direct connection to Samus. Will the Chozo have more of a focus from now on, or will it go the opposite route and barely show up outside of the Chozo statue Samus finds? I'd like to think if it's the former or that it's the former since the Chozo has such a deep connection to Samus and the Metroid series as a whole. I don't know. I mean, um, you know, it, it really depends. Like we, we got Metroid fusion and that had essentially no Chozo, in it at all but it's not like that was a bad thing I, I don't think that the chozo need to be present in like every single game um but i think now i mean with metroid dread like you kind of pulled them to the forefront a little bit and i i don't know if maybe maybe we go back like i i think that as far as the thoha and the Makin, i think those tribes are probably done i think that there are probably other tribes of chozo out there the like the ones that are on uh, Talon 4 or the ones that landed on Aether or whatever. I think that there are still other pockets of Chozo in the galaxy that, that we can, you know, explore and and see in future Metroid games. But I think that the particular Machin and Thoha races are probably... Machin especially, I, I think that they're probably done and that they probably should stay done. Yeah, I don't know. I think... Well, I mean, obviously now the Chozo are a more active part of the story. They've kind of lost that mystique they had, which is natural, and, and that's fine. I don't know. I was more interested in the Chozo, and I felt they were kind of more... Like, many different, multiple, disconnected tribes, and weren't so, like, good or bad. Like, I... Like, and may not that may not necessarily be the case, but I feel like that's how they're presented it with, like, Samus Returns and now Dread, where it's like, no, it's not actually all these different tribes that are all spread out and all have their different things going on. It's like, they're the good Chozo, and they're the bad Chozo, and they're at odds. And it's like, ah, that just doesn't... I don't care anymore. So, like, and yeah, I, I guess the Chozo will probably have more of a focus, I would have to imagine. Just because they're not, like, entirely gone as far as we know. But maybe they are. I don't know. I think there are just so many other things in the lore that you could maybe bring back or focus on. There are other species that we barely know anything about that I would be interested in seeing, but I kind of miss when they had that mystique and like, you know, Metroid prime and all of that. I wasn't really sure like what they would actually be like. And I, I feel like now that we've kind of seen more of what the Chozo, I guess actually are in Samus returns and now dread. I've, I've lost kind of interest because they just feel so boilerplate and 
kind of two-dimensional to me now. I wish there was some more depth to their presentation and how they're presented now just doesn't really do much for me. So I don't know. I'm kind of indifferent on this. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Chozo keeps showing up in a more, like, I, I doubt we go back to how it was where like, they're kind of just, you know, artifacts laying around and not really, you know, actually present in the story. But at the same time, I kind of wish they were presented a little differently. It's, it's again, kind of similar with like Halo where like the Forerunners and the Reclaimer, uh, Reclaimer trilogy had this mystique and had this a lot of background influence. And then you kind of bring them to the forefront and it's not as interesting anymore, I don't think. So I don't know. Uh, I, I personally would be more interested in focusing on other aspects of the universe we don't know too much about. But considering how far we've gotten now, it's, I think, impossible to go back to, you know, how the Chozo were originally presented in the earlier games. Yeah, I yeah, pretty much agree with all that. I think it, I think it's also context dependent. Like I don't think I don't think every single game needs to have like the Chozo as like a major focal point of the story, but I also feel yeah. like their influence will be um will be felt even if even if they're not that much at present. I feel like their influence will be felt a lot more going on from here on out. At least in the 2D games, maybe not necessarily as much in the Prime games. Mm-hmm. But uh but yeah, Otherwise, yeah, pretty much agree with everything uh, everything you said there. Yeah, I I actually I think that it's not possible or not probable even, but like I I think that it's definitely not within the realm of possibility that we do go back to seeing them as kind of like a, a mysterious kind of civilization that's disappeared because I I don't know I I didn't get that impression from Dread that there was only the two tribes and I I do think that there's more more Chozo out there to kind of explore and to learn about. So I, I hope so. We'll I hope so. I think they, if they can go that route and go back to that, I'd be interested, but I definitely kind of got that vibe from dread where it's like, well, these are the only two tribes that really matter and they're good and they're bad. And there's no gray area to the point where like the bad guys look evil and the good guy Chozo look not evil. I'm like, Oh, this is just, this isn't the world building I was hoping for, but it is what it is. Um, okay, last question here, and then we'll wrap it up for uh, the day. Um, and then we'll get to everyone else's questions uh, in an episode, maybe in a week or two. But uh, Minneapolis King has another one. With Nintendo claiming Dread ended the story arc, is Samus's Metroid DNA permanently suppressed at the end of Dread? If not, do you think Dread was the actual end, or will Metroid 6 be the third installment of a trilogy starting with Fusion, the DNA arc, and Dread ending the arc focusing on SR388 themes? Um, no way it's permanently suppressed. Absolutely not. Who even knows? The game just yeah. ends. <laughs> like, it just ends at the end. Like, it doesn't explain anything. So who even knows? I I, I think that uh, this has to be a theme going into Metroid Six. It, it I mean it has to be like right like that's I, and I and I feel like not only should it be a theme going into Metroid Six, but as we were talking about earlier, it's also a way that you can actively bring back that Galactic Federation story if you want by. Now you now they have the proof. Now they have the evidence that Samus is is a threat and needs to be taken out because she's a Metroid. So I just I feel like it it has to um, unless they're. But at the same time, I think that Metroid Six is going to create like a whole new set of circumstances, a, a whole new setting in in much the same way that Metroid Fusion did when it created the X and it created the BSL and, and etc. I think that Metroid 6 is going to be that where like we are presented with uh, new. Yeah. Like it's going to be new, but I do think that the Metroid DNA should play a factor into that unless unless what they present is like a complete explanation for why the the game is is not 
going into the Metroid. It'll DNA. be in the Metroid Six report on the website where they talk about how her DNA is dealt with off screen, and we don't have to worry about it in Metroid Six. So it's already been taken care of. No big deal. That's how I anticipate it going. I'd be fine with that. We would be fine with that. You'd be fine with that, bro. You would be fine well, with okay, an important well, okay, well, part of the story the way, being the taken way, care of outside of the games. You'd be okay with that. The way that uh, that you're framing that, if it's that option or there's not addressing it at all, yeah, I'll, I'll I, take the Metroid Six report. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, you know, obviously, I'm being a little bit facetious. Like it, it should be included in the game. Um, it, you know, if there's if there's a compelling reason in the story and setup for Metroid Six that explains away the uh, you know the Metroid DNA, then I guess I can accept that. But man, I just I feel what an opportunity for your next Metroid game to have that as kind of like your core story mechanic, your core gameplay mechanic. I mean, that, I feel like it just writes itself, right? Like, yeah, so yeah. could be. We'll see. I guess. Uh, do them any? What do you think? Uh, I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like I pretty much get my thoughts on it. Like, yeah, I feel like I feel like it's just ripe for what you guys said: new gameplay mechanics, new story opportunities. It doesn't. The ending doesn't definitively say one way or another whether or not she still has the powers. But I'm more inclined to believe that she d- still does, just because, just because um, the X was. Um, so basically, the way I interpret it is because the X took over. Quiet Robe, who has the Thoha genes, which uh, gave Samus more ability to control the Metroid with inside of her. I don't think it actually annihilated it altogether. So I don't know. I feel I feel like it's just right there. I when you like talk about what you just said, it just sounds like nonsense to me. It is nonsense. I don't care about any of this. <laughs> like, does she have the genes in her or not? And does this the uh, the Chozo being taken over by son. the X? And I'm like, oh my god, I don't. Uh, I feel like what you I feel like what you said do made sense to me. I feel like that was uh, I, I feel like that was a, a fair description of what could have happened at the end of the game, but. Yeah, I, I think it's absolutely something that uh, needs to be addressed in the next game. I don't think that th- it's going to be a, a trilogy, though, for sure. The next next game is going to be new. Yeah, it's going to that... be new stuff. It's going to be new setting. Yep, I new. agree with that. I think the next game won't ha- like. There might be some connective tissue uh, between Dread and Fusion and this new game, and likely it will come in the form of the the Metroid Dead Metroid DNA maybe playing a factor. But overall, I'm anticipating an entirely new story setting and all that. Yeah, I think that we should we should anticipate Metroid Six looking a lot like um, Metroid Fusion did back in the day, which is uh, not a bad thing at all. So yeah, there we go. We uh, well, we got to get out of here. We got to let Dak go uh, back to his casting. So we're gonna cut it off uh, here for this week, but we'll definitely follow up and uh, do the rest of these questions very very soon. I don't know, maybe even next week. I don't know. What we got going on next week, but uh, we'll we'll get to the rest of them. Thank you so much, everybody that threw in a question and uh and helped helped us with the show this week it was awesome a lot of great questions a lot of fun questions so you love to see it um we are going to get out of here but of course we want you to uh, check us out over on twitter we are at omega metro pod i am at spateri 316 dak is at deck city underscore doom is at doom and cross and of course the podcast is uh over on spotify itunes Podbean, you name it it's there we are wherever you get your pods, so go and like and subscribe. Recommend us to that Metroid fan in your life. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Until then, everybody, take care.